The Digital Side Hug is back. I'm David Rubio, and I am so excited to have these two youth ministers with me today. Um, we've never had a Digital Side Hug podcast with, with two ministers. So this is, it's like I won the lottery, guys. This is Jennifer <laughs> and Jason Pagel. Uh, how are you guys? Great. Well. How are you, Dave? Doing good. good. It's good to see you again. Thank to, you. I traveled all the way to their church uh, <laughs> from about two and a half miles down the road. There you go. And you guys are both youth ministers. Yes. And now, which you both you both work at the same congregation, mm-hmm. and that is such a unique scenario. I can't wait to hear more about what that's like and mm-hmm. how it's worked. Tell us real quick about your family. I know you've got kids. Introduce us to them. Oh, we have three youngsters. We have Noah, who's 11. He's in the fifth grade. And Luca is eight. He's in the second grade. And Sadie will soon to be five, heading off to kindergarten in the fall. So That's great. Well, we are, we're thankful that you're in Nashville um, at, at our congregation. We, we love your congregation. Thank you. Uh, we're so thankful for what you're doing. You guys have been now at Harpeth Hills. For how, how long have you been here? We have been here over 16 years. Came right out of college. Okay, so you've been in ministry. All the time you've been in ministry, right. it's been here. It's been yes. here. Okay, so talk us through real quick, and then and then we're, I'm going to move on to some fun questions here in a second. But um, <laughs> how, how, did that, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. You're in college. Yes. Um, did you both know that you wanted to be youth ministers? Mm-hmm. Well, Jennifer knew before I did, actually. Yeah. So really? I kind of followed her mm-hmm. into ministry in some ways. And by the way, we, we, we didn't say this. Actually, Jennifer is our first female youth minister to have on the podcast. Hey. This is a standing, this is a standing ovation. I'm so excited. And is actually standing here. Yes, yes. I, I wish you could see that. Uh, and Jennifer, you, you, so you knew youth ministry was your deal before Jason did. Yes, before I ever even met Jason. Yeah, um, I was a student at Lipscomb and actually came to Lipscomb with ministry on my heart. I had a youth minister that really okay. believed in me and yep. wanted me to major in Bible. But when I started Lipscomb, a woman could not get a Bible degree at the time. And so I took psychology class, went the psychology route, family studies, took all Bible classes as electives. But um, So you had a Bible minor, I guess, or or as uh, much Bible as you could get. Exactly. Exactly. And um, anyway, started doing some mission work. And then my dear friend, Jim Hinkle, we were in... Mm -hmm. Who was at Madison at the time? Well, no, he was just a college student, too. We were in college together, just college buddies, and... But started the he started the youth ministry club there, and we were all kind of getting internships together and stuff. And so uh, he got me to come to Atlanta with him to be an intern down there. And we interned for Van Conwell together down there. And that's where I just really felt like the calling was on my life to do youth ministry. But at the time, Shana had just, there were only two. Shana had just started at Hendersonville. Shana Curtis. At, uh-huh, at Hendersonville. And then a, Lori Moore, who was an ACU grad, was there in, at the church I worked for in Atlanta working with Van Conwell. And that was it, just those two. Wow. And so it wasn't like a huge possibility, but I just knew that's what I was supposed to do. And I started down that path interning. And then I, I did go, and Jim and I worked as interns together at Madison. Um, and this was the summer of... Oh goodness! Well, Madison, we worked during the school year, so this was this was ninety four, ninety five, ninety six. Okay. Those those three years there, um, and but then Jason transferred 
to Lipscomb. From yeah. Florida State? Uh, yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> I, I am a big Seminole yeah. fan. Yeah, we are rejoicing. Jason's a huge Seminole fan. I haven't even, I should say congratulations thank on the championship. <laughs> I did a lot to, to earn that. So yeah, they you. could yeah. not have done it without yeah. you. That's right. That's right. Or at least the many, many fans like you. Right. Uh, right. Some of which, you know, may have may have uh, helped in, in ways, you know, in some actual, actual. Maybe not. Yeah, I transferred. I transferred. I was convinced I'd watch Top Gun one too many times, and I was convinced I was going to be a fighter pilot really? with my hair on fire. Yeah, I, I never knew I, that. Yes, and I, For those I, of you that don't know Jason, and you're listening right now, Jason sort of... It looks like Mac Powell from Third Day. <laughs> when he has when he has the real bushy, bushy uh, you know goatee, it's an amazing resemblance. So you would have made a great fighter. I, I mean, you're about the same height as Tom Cruise. That's right? it. I thought I was Maverick. I mean, I was convinced that was the life for me. And I actually went into flight school there did you, at a, in, in did, did you play volleyball with your shirt off? I did. At this flight school. I grew up around oh, yes. the beach, so I did yes. play volleyball. This I mean, I. I was awesome. playing it out. I was playing out the dream. Oh my goodness. But found out in the middle of it that I was colorblind, or at least enough colorblind that I couldn't. So it disqualified fly. you. So it yes. kind of disqualified oh, me. Oh, Jason. So I came to, to Lipscomb, transferred to Lipscomb, really kind of lost about what I wanted to do. And because I'd all, you know, for years had wanted yeah. to be a, a pilot and ended up uh, majoring in English. In fact, that was my undergrad degree. Was English really? Okay. Because I had no idea what I wanted to do. So you got to school. What year? You graduated? You, you transferred as a Came sophomore? As 94. A junior, yeah. 90, so 95. 95. I think 95. It, it was January of 95. Spring semester of 95. And, and you were in that, what degree could I get that'll help me get yeah. out in four years mm-hmm. kind of Basically, mode? yeah. I had an associate of arts degree from a junior college there in Florida that had a flight yeah. school. and uh, so I was basically a junior, had to declare a major immediately wow. and said, well, English is kind of vague enough that I'll just do that. I've always liked to read and write, and I'll just kind of do that and see where it leads me. Yeah. But then started hanging out with this youth ministry club that uh, Jim Hinkle and, and others had started. Uh-huh. And some of my friends at Lipscomb, first friends, were, were in that club. Uh, and then got interested in this girl that was, <laughs> had a That's heart great. for ministry. And she was interning in Atlanta that uh-huh. summer. Uh, which was '96, the summer that the the Summer Olympics were in Atlanta. So it was oh, kind of yeah. a win-win. Cute girl Olympics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I applied at North Atlanta Church of Christ and worked with a guy named Rick Hazelip for the summer. And by the time the summer was over, I knew this is what I I need to yeah. be doing. It was just a good fit for you. It was a good fit. Yeah, and well, Rick. Rick really invested. He really did. In Jay- really Rick did. had been there about ten years. He was the veteran. And he saw something in Jason that I saw too. You know, I mean, I I saw it, and um, and it was great. But then it presented a challenge. Once we fell in love, and once God put the call on him, it was like, now wait a minute. Yeah, right. where are you going to go? Uh, exactly. I'm supposed to do this. <laughs> right. You were going to do something else, but just be really involved and supportive. Right. But now that you want to do this too, this is a game changer. And okay, we, so let's let's stop for just a moment sure. real quick because we have listeners who may not be real familiar with the Churches of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, we we are in the Churches of Christ, which at the time you mentioned Lipscomb, which is a which is a one of the Church of Christ universities, didn't even have Can a major Bible, Bible major for women. No. So those of you listening who may not know about our tribe, uh, women in ministry was very rare. It was, and mm-hmm. and as Jennifer mentioned, there weren't female youth ministers out there. So, mm-hmm. um, this dream of yours had to feel like, it, in some ways, a bit of a long shot to begin right. with. Let right. alone now, 
you know, in love with another guy that is clearly called to youth ministry. Exactly. And so, you know, there were only two, one of which was not married, one was married, but her husband wasn't doing it. I mean, there was a, you know, rumblings of a few churches maybe being willing to hire a female minister that I was going to pursue, but it was nowhere on the table, you know, but they all had veteran youth ministers there or or, or already had a very established male. So, where did that fit? And th- so it really became a big decision for a while. My passion or this man that I've fallen in love with, it felt like I had to choose. And and um, I think I made the right choice, obviously. So, so but, when you chose to marry Jason, right. you were, in effect, choosing, I may not be able to do youth ministry. Right. I, I want right. to marry this man. He's going to be a youth minister. I'll get to use my gifts as the spouse of a of a minister. Right. But you had to just recognize maybe you're letting go of that dream to be a exactly. professional. Exactly. Exactly. And but I just knew my God was big enough that mm-hmm. He would do something amazing. And um and so part of our dream when we got married and started interviewing was. In the back of our minds, it was never spoken out loud to anyone else but us and maybe a couple of mentors of ours that we we were seeking a church that we thought, okay, they hired Jason, they we are there a few years, I build some trust, show them I don't have an agenda, maybe see the value in our partnership, maybe then in four or five years mm-hmm. we could approach them about a dream right. of working together. That really was our mentality. Right. And and we had this amazing, lovely church in Paducah, Kentucky that had offered us a job and, and our we love the kids, love the eldership. Offer J- Jason a job. Right. Offer right. Jason I a job. Right. Interviewing at several and, places. Um, Got it. Thought we were really gonna go there, but then when Harpeth kinda came into the picture, um, we just felt like that maybe it was the kind of church that maybe four or five years down the road they would think about me. And see, that's what people don't realize is that when we interviewed at Harpeth Hills, never once did me be on on staff came up. Never was talked about. Never. It was solely Jason's interview. Never was discussed. You didn't bring it no. up as a nope. potential dream. No, they the didn't time. say anything no. about it. Did Nothing. they even know that you had interned at sure. in these places? Sure. Okay. They knew. They knew. That, you know, and I think at first that just excited them. Oh, we'll have this. Two for one. Two for yeah. one. And exci- you know, which lots of people, you know, uh, think that way or whatever. But no, the the dream never came up. Wow. The reality of that never came up. But unbeknownst to us, which, you know, it's the little did you know thing mm-hmm. when you just, God is at work. Um, in the d- discussions amongst the hiring committee, they all take claim for it now. Different ones of them take claim who was the first person to bring it to the table since it's been a success. Years later. Yeah. Right. It's been a glorious but anyways, they, um, somebody brought to the table, what if we hired Jennifer too? But we did not know that until we came in for what we hoped was going to be Jason's offer. offer and then yeah, we right. we love ragging them about this because they literally were sitting at a, the elder boardroom table, you know, and they literally slid this piece of paper across <laughs> the table that was turned over. Uh-huh. We turned it over and it had two columns. Uh-huh. One, Jason's salary and benefits. Second column, Jennifer's salary and benefits. And I burst wow. into tears. <laughs> right there in Literally. the elders. Burst <laughs> into tears right there oh. because you just, you could not believe that God, 
we had done nothing, done nothing but pray. I mean, fall on our faces, praying about God's a a dream, a hope, and that someday God would bring it. But the prayer was down the road. Your your, your hope was that someday. And God just said, no, now. Wow. It's now. And and yet this unbelievable confirmation of knowing it was a gift, of just a gift. And we've never lost sight of that, that Mm -hmm. we don't. We don't right. deserve this. We don't. We didn't earn it. We didn't do anything to make it happen. It was a gift that God gave us, and we just tried to cherish it yeah, every day since. That really plays a lot into how long we've been here, mm-hmm. because we knew from the moment we got here we were supposed to be here. There, there was some yeah. reason for us being here, and it wasn't just us. It felt like the church knew it too. That that God had sort of ordained and organized this, and it, there was too many things that came together. That made us feel like this is where we're supposed to be, and we got invested really quick because of that. Mm-hmm. There wasn't that, you know, time frame of trying to feel it out and is this the right fit and is this the right place. We just sort of knew and launched in and jumped in with both mm-hmm. feet. Yeah. Well, you can hardly go anywhere in town as a member of the Church of Christ without bumping into a Harpeth Hills member that mm-hmm. brags and brags oh. on the youth ministry team that they have here. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's been same. a it's been a glorious success. And and I want actually. I want to come back to your the calling and how, mm-hmm. and you know, Jason, different callings for the two of you because you kind of knew early on. Right. Mm-hmm. You sort of, it, it happened during this summer internship down mm-hmm. at North Atlanta. Yeah. Um, before we do that, can I ask you a couple of fun questions? Yep. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I love to do this just because it, it's it's fun to get to know people. Yeah. So my first question for the two of you is, yeah. I've started the, the Chain Reaction music. <laughs> Jason, this may be easier for you than Jennifer, but okay. what would your... Uh, fighter pilot handle have been oh, wow. if you were a fighter pilot. Wow. That's a good one. <laughs> you know, I, the first thing that came to mind, I'm a big Seminole fan, I would say probably be no. I would be a no. A no. A no. Okay, know. not not like N-O-E-L. Right. Not Noel. No, right. No, like Seminole. I would probably be on the side of the plane. No. Have you ever put any thought into it? If you were a fighter pilot. Mm -hmm. Never thought of it because I had never had that (laughs) desire whatsoever. But, uh, wow. Um, Man, that would be hard. Spunky. Spunky. Okay, good, good. I like that. I can imagine, you know, Val Kilmer looking at at a female fighter pilot. Spunky. I'll be your wee man anytime. <laughs> I would love to. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Oh, um, so, you you guys, I'm a little older than the two of you, but I would assume still that, that this, years, this question is, is still appropriate. Um, so, favorite amigo, Ned oh. Niederlander, Dusty oh. Bottoms, or Lucky Day? Ooh. Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, no. Look up here, look up here, look up yes. here. Yeah. No. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, I, I like. I, uh, Which is Steve Martin? Lucky Day. I would have to go Lucky Day. Okay, all right. I'm a, I'm a Steve Martin L- fan. Yeah, and, and then Martin Short was Ned Niederlander. Ned, there yeah. you go. That's little yeah. little uh, Ned Ned. Ned uh, yeah, uh, little Neddy goes to war. He cracks me up. I love him in anything he does. Oh, but see Chevy Chase though. Yeah. Oh, Chevy. My my dad. <laughs> Growing up, he looked a little like Chevy Chase. <laughs> oh, really? So, so I kind of have to. 
That's funny because my my dad growing up looked like Tom Selleck. <laughs> it, it, there you I, go. I, I'm serious. I'm actually not joking about that. Okay, a question from Morris Gregoire, askingcanbefun.com is one of my favorite okay. question okay. websites. Okay. Uh, actually, it's a Facebook page, Asking Can Be Fun. And I want to ask you this because I think you've got an answer to this question. When has the voting segment of a reality show ruined your day? No. <laughs> I hate to make you relive oh, this, but has, oh, has, a, That's a, has the now. voting <laughs> segment of a reality show ever ruined your day? Voting segment. Oh, goodness. Oh, I, I, I mean, like... the vote, this is not really the voting segment, but the, the reality show Survivor, yeah, yeah. we had one of our kids on Survivor right. in the moment. Yes. It was actually not... Uh, tell, a, us, tell us who, who it, it was. It was Matt Elrod, and there was mm-hmm. a moment where it was actually not a part of the voting part of, segment of, yeah. of Survivor. It was one of the challenges, and he was so close. Yeah. And that moment when he lost the challenge and was there off the show. And it, mm-hmm. it was like a bucket or something yeah or then he, it, it was a vase right. or something on his head and that was the and weirdest thing how it fell yeah. it, it, it didn't it was even like make sense it. Uh, he yeah. had it and he then had it in the back a moment of distraction and he dropped it and I we all lost it because uh, of course we're all gathered around with our youth group watching it together and that was mm. such an amazing season yes, of that show was. because he represented Christ mm. in such a beautiful way mm. um, and everyone in the world Loved him. Yeah. Yeah. Talk yeah, about the underdog. I, I mean, that's right. kept right. coming back on that's the show. Right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he was like stabbed in the back. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. So, and he grew up in that, this church. I mean, he was exactly. in your youth group. Oh, yeah, went all the yeah, way absolutely. through. We were so uh, proud of him. For that, sure. that is really, so. really cool. All right. So I've got a button question. I always say, you know, there's a button in front of you. If you press it, you travel five years back in time, and and you're the only ones that know you've traveled back in time. Okay. And you've got to relive those five years. You know, you have wow. to slash get to the last five years. If you do not press the button, you travel forward in time one year. And you can be told about the last year, but you don't remember it. Wow. So if you press the button, you relive the last five years. Wow. If you don't press the button, you, you skip the next year. And they, they, what makes this hard is being parents. That's oh, yeah. Because yeah, I mean, missing a year with your kids, but then going back and reliving oh, five years, oh, you know. Oh, my goodness. And, and I should say, you can't bet on any sporting events. That's <laughs> part yeah, of the deal. Yeah, the scenarios. <laughs> but, you, but can you change things? Can you do oh, things of course. differently? Of course you can do things differently. Yeah, this is not a deal where everything happens exactly as it I did. I think I'd be pushing the button. I mean... To go back. To go You'd back. relive the five years. I yeah, I think so, back. too. Okay. I, 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 I wouldn't want to miss yeah. anything. Yeah. And we, that, that, that's just even a year. Five years, I mean, in some ways. You know, well, I was going to say, part of this, it's sort of like how... Have you know? Have you experienced anything really difficult in the oh, last sure. five well, years? Yeah. I was depending more on that. That yeah. there are right. several things of the last five years that I wish I could. Do you know, not necessarily myself do differently, but knowing what's going to happen in others' lives. Well, oh, I could have, right. if I, you know, been able to intervene a little sooner yeah, or a had a conversation here, that could have yeah. helped this or whatever. So, and just five, that'd be five more years of like, With the kids. kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're trying to push the pause button. You don't want to make it go any faster. Well, I, uh, I, 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 
I'm excited to hear that. Let's get back to the youth ministry stuff. Okay. Um, and your calling. So there may be young ministers listening to this, or even people who are, you know, not even out of college who are who are heading down the path to youth ministry. What was it for you that made you know? You know, mm-hmm. maybe it was a summer internship where there was a confirmation, Jennifer, for you, where mm-hmm. it's like, yep, that's it. This is mm-hmm. why I'm doing this. Yeah. And for you, what what was that one thing? Was there a situation, a conversation? Yeah. What was well, it? I, for me, like I said, it was very tied to this summer internship that I did with a man named Rick Hazlip, um, who, like Jennifer said, really invested in me and poured into me. So that was a big part of it, was the mentoring aspect of yeah. it. but. But it was the it was the relational aspect for me. I just fell in love with these teenagers in this such a short amount of time over the course of a summer, to the point where the summer's over and I'm I'm not wanting to leave. You know, I'm not wanting to say goodbye to these teens, and and I think I knew at that point this has really had an impact on me, and I have been able to see some light bulbs come on in some teenagers. And, and and it kind of is aligned with some of my creativity and some of the yeah. gifts that I had. And uh, so I was already calling back to churches in the Nashville area saying, do you do full-year internships? I'd yeah. love to start, you know, as soon as I can because I felt like I was sort of behind the game uh-huh. in that and started at Hendersonville. And it just kept confirming, this is what I need to do. This is where I need to be. Clay Brown really poured into me there and mm-hmm. walked with me. Um, but it, I think it was a combination of the relational part of it and then just knowing, okay, here's where some of these gifts that I haven't known what yeah. to do with, this is where they find a context for me. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Jennifer, mm-hmm. what about you? You know, I, I think that all along, I I think I always knew that I would be a part of church work. I mean, even how, as a How child, young were you? Yeah, how young? I, I mean, honestly, I never remember anything but being involved in the church. My, I'm a second generation youth minister. My father was a youth minister for a while. Cool, I didn't know Fayetteville, that. In Tennessee. Wow. And not for a long oh, stint. So, F- Fedville? Fedville. There you go, Dave. <laughs> Fedville. Becky, Becky's Lincoln mom County. Was, That's grew right. up in Fedville. That's right. Um, but, but more... Uh, more so than his time spent in youth ministry, he was a preacher mm-hmm. and preached in many congregations. And I just, I never could get enough of it. I mean, I was the the really weird kid that loved the gospel meetings and wow. had to go every single, you know, everybody else had to go every night. It was, I got, got to, to go. And I loved dinners on the grounds. I loved meeting the old people. I loved knowing about things. I just could never get enough of it. And then when I got older and had a youth minister will invest in me. I mean, I just, I was all about youth ministry and, and the church and mission work and just, I never could get enough of it. And, and I, I think I just always knew I've got to be around this. Of course, I didn't have definition to it because there wasn't that possibility, but I think I just, I knew I'd probably be a preacher's wife or a minister's wife if I couldn't do it myself. Yeah. Like I just, I think I always knew church. I loved the church. I love the church. Yeah. And and with all of its mess and all of its baggage, um, I, I've been a church girl yeah. my entire life. Yeah. And so I just never saw myself working in any other context. That's so interesting to hear because you, it seems like forever you knew mm-hmm. that right. the calling was there for right. you. It was like, there, there, you know, you didn't, there was no sense of a calling no. except to fighter pilot. And then all of a sudden, Late, kind of late in the game, as you right, said, right. these gifts fit, and this is going to work. Okay, so you, you guys, fast forwarding, you, you've been hired here at, at Harpeth mm-hmm. Hill 16 years ago. 
you, you didn't know exactly how it would go, but looking back, what has been maybe the biggest challenge or some of the big challenges of being married to the other youth minister on staff, and what have been some of the biggest blessings? Sure. Right. Well, you know, the first year, we had been married three months when we started Harpeth Hill, so everything was new. Wow. Marriage is new. Ministry is new. I had been doing an internship, and I was an intern at Hendersonville on Friday and then announced as the youth minister Jennifer and I were on Sunday. And so, I mean, it was just a seamless transition, but it was, oh, my goodness, I'm not an intern anymore. Right. And and I and we were sharing an office, and <laughs> uh, and so it was it was the, the, especially that first year, yeah. That laugh, yeah. I love that. It makes me want to ask. <laughs> oh, Tell I, me about that laugh. Yes. What, 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 well, I'm know. I'm a neat, organized, <laughs> I know. You know, linear person. Yes, I know. And Jason is the bigger the piles of mess. He happens to know where everything is apparently, sure. but it just we it drove and us crazy. I'm a little quieter at times than Jennifer is, <laughs> and so I, I would like to sort of focus on what I was doing, and she'd be on a phone call in the background. Yeah. That you know, yeah, yeah so it, was it was difficult. Just, it was, there were times for just a while. trying to figure out how do you do this <laughs> together, you know. And so then you also shared a house, right? right. So you go back right. to your apartment exactly. or your house or wherever. Yeah. Right. And you know, people ask us this a lot, and and I think you had even uh, wrote this out specifically in a question that. Um, do we ever? How do we bring it home? Do yeah. we turn it off? How do you, do you ever? get away from it? But right. we really have found that it's opposite. Dave, I honestly believe that Jason and I talk about youth ministry less at home than you and Becky do. Because here's the deal: think about it. You know, you get home from work. What does Becky want to know? How was your yeah. day? Tell me about your day. She is a way that yeah. you guys communicate and engage is for you to talk about what's going on in your life. So where you might want to get home and just leave it to be able to connect with your spouse, you've yeah. got to be able to, you have to bring it home. you got to talk to her about it some. Well, we've both lived it all day. Right. The last thing we want to do is go home and live it some more. And there's things we don't <laughs> have. To, we've fleshed it out at work during the day or we've talked about it. Not that we never talk about stuff sure. at home. I mean, come on. But because we both know, because we both lived it, we can leave it. Mm -hmm. And so I think the beauty, the blessing that you said that people view as a challenge is really not our challenge. Mm -hmm. It's our blessing. The fact that we do work together allows our home life to be sacred space, yeah. allows our home life to just be home life and our kids and to leave it there mm -hmm. because we both know we're sure. going back to it tomorrow right. and right. we'll share it there. We don't have to bring it into our home. And, and to be That's fair, awesome. that, it is that awesome. drastically changed when we started having kids. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, the yeah. first five years of ministry, we didn't have you kids. It. And it was all that we thought about. It's all we did yeah. was just ministry all the time. And even in our off time, we were with teenagers or talking about right. teenagers. I'm sure teens were always in your home. Right. Yeah. We were always exactly. out and about. But once exactly. came around, we, we really kind of noticed and, and understood that, you know, it's one thing when, you know, one of the, your parents is a youth minister, but when both of your parents are a youth minister, where is the refuge away from youth ministry? Where's yeah. the refuge away from church? And we knew that we sort of needed to, to make that happen, had to be mm -hmm. intentional about it. And now, yeah, it's just become where it's sort of second nature. It's easy. Mm -hmm. When we're home with our kids, we are mom and dad. We're not the youth ministers, mm -hmm. and we try to be pretty diligent about that and, mm -hmm. and protect that sacred space. But. but a challenge, I think, early on was we, we are very different in our ministry approaches mm -hmm. in some ways. I mean, big 
big picture things we're lined up on, right. but but approaches and and things we can go about things very differently, and definitely have different skill sets. And so coming and in at the beginning and different training, well. we've, we've been had doing different completely different internships and, different and mentored by well, different and, people. And that's right. The people you're mentored by just right. shape you exactly, and so. We clashed early on pretty hard with philosophy differences right. and just going, hey, you know, who get who's where's the buck stop? Who gets to decide right. when we uh, it's so differently? Mm-hmm. Why and is your way you better than my way? Wouldn't because you? then there you bring in, but uh, as a husband and wife, you're my spiritual leader. So does that give you the ministry trump card just because you're the <laughs> right. spiritual leader of our relationship? Right. Where do we draw the line? Are you my husband too yeah. when we're mm-hmm. in the office? Or are you just my coworker? And it, well, wow, it ta- caught, you, you talked to about young, some big fights. We, yeah. <laughs> we barely survived our first Winterfest, that's Dave. It. I'll just really? tell Absolutely you that. True. I that think that's the only time I like kind of physically <laughs> beat him in the arm. I'm so mad at you. And, and really? It, it, but, Over what? I mean, oh, I oh, think it was so many things. It was so many. We were things. so frazzled by the time that first Winterfest was over that I think we were just looking for an opportunity to, <laughs> to unleash, to unleash on each other, and unfortunately, so sure it was one another. Was other, but, but it was communication and yeah. learning team ministry, yeah. and to be a team in our approach and that your way of doing things is just as valuable as mine just because it's different. In fact, it makes us stronger. It right. makes us better. Right. And the key to all of it, marriage and ministry, was communication. And once we started, you know, understanding that we both didn't have to do everything yeah. and it didn't right. make us, you know, less to totally give over. And the best way to do it was not to say, okay, this thing is going to all be yours and this thing's going to all be mine and we don't cross lines in there. No, it was collaboration, but no, you work to your strengths. I work to my strengths and the product is going to then be way better. And once we kind of were able to come and own our own giftedness without being jealous of the other's giftedness and want to be it all, which was just ridiculous, and we could just celebrate each other's differences and learn that, then, you know, now we don't necessarily even have to communicate it because it's just so much part of our DNA and our fabric. And then been a beautiful way that we could approach by now having a resident apprentice and Mm -hmm. having a full-time assistant and six interns, that team and giftedness approach to it then into our coaches, our our full-time volunteers, you know, and things. That it's not territorial whatsoever. It's it's you 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 get to find your gifts and use it. And but I'll say too, I, I, we were talking to a young couple that's thinking about going into ministry together recently. And mm-hmm. I was telling the guy specifically, I said, you know, when you first come into ministry, especially, there's a sense in which I got to prove myself. I've got to I've got to be the man. Yeah. You know, I've got to be the leader. And. Uh, and that was a real struggle for me, uh, you know, when you've got a very talented wife that you're working alongside who is uh, got a great gift of communication and those kinds of things. There would be times in meetings, we'd be sitting in an elders meeting or a youth committee meeting or whatever it was, and I would feel like, Jennifer just interrupted me. You know, where, where did that come from? And she doesn't respect what I have to say. And, you know, I'm the one that's talking. And and at some point I had to sort of let that go. And and it really was tied to, in some ways, my theology about what leadership really looks like, what it means to be the man. And even seeing sometimes where, you know, in Genesis, when it says that I'm going to make for you a helper, 
You know that same word is used of God all over the Old Testament, that same Hebrew word of um, when the Psalms are crying out, I need someone to help, help me. Yeah. It's the same word, God, you are my help. And, and once I started realizing that's the way that God goes about leadership is not uh, as some sort of domineering. When he calls us to be co-rulers in the world, it's yeah. not in some sort of domineering, I'm the man, you will listen kind of way, but it is, it is Christ. It is a servant. It is sacrificing for the sake of those that you're leading and caring about, those kind of things. And once my sort of theology changed about that, once my um, personal feelings about that sort of changed, and I didn't feel like I had to prove myself as the man, we began to work a lot better. Uh, because it was a team approach, and it wasn't it wasn't as much about where's the buck stop, who gets to make the final decisions. It was much more collaborative, and there are times even now where the buck starts stops with Jennifer, and there's times when it stops with me, and it's not even kind of a written code. It's more mm-hmm. of a we feel it out, and yeah. you know if this is something you're real passionate about more so than I am, well then you ought to make the call on that. You know mm-hmm. this is obviously God's giving you yeah. something here, and. Uh, and we've kind of found our balance in that, mm-hmm. our rhythm in that. Yeah. One of the questions I was going to ask you, and we're, we're I'm, I'm, I'm going to suggest this um, in in just a moment. What I'd love to do is is wrap up this and maybe sure. wrap it up as a part one and then come back because there's a whole lot more that I want to ask you, Jennifer, about females in ministry, mm-hmm. especially in the Church of Christ and, and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And Jason, you're welcome to stay sure. and be a part of that as well. Sure. Um but I, I I was going to wrap this up by asking you to make the case, mm-hmm. you know, for hiring a husband and wife mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are both youth ministers. You know, how do you make that case? But if, you've been doing that. I mean, it sounds like that's <laughs> what you've been doing is yeah. saying, mm-hmm. as a married couple, right. I hear you saying, we spend our whole lives learning how to be a team mm-hmm. as a husband and wife right. and as mm-hmm. a mother, mother and father now with right. your kids. And... That's the key to a healthy staff is being that team that just mm. communicates well and exactly. trusts one another sure. and yes. loves one another. Yes. So you just kind of made the case. <laughs> right. But maybe another piece to that. It, well, and with that, um, th- we have the highest motivation to make it work yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because we are going to be together. I, You know, we are, <laughs> right. it's not like, well, time for me to transition on. I, I'm not transitioning Jason. From him. You know, yeah. Exactly. But but on the flip side of that, where um, and obviously there's many healthy um, co-minister situations out there that are men and women, and and certainly it can work, and there's beauty in that too. But where we one of the things I think we get to avoid is, you know, how often are you put in precarious uh, situations mm-hmm. in youth ministry where you're up really late at night at camp, you know, talking with this student, you're alone at the building, you're this and that. There's so many things that adult, that uh, men and women that are working in youth ministry together that are not married have to have in the back of their minds all the time. It's yeah. hanging over them, this, you know, staying above and beyond reproach, giving no foothold for anything, you know, whatever, that that is not in play with mm-hmm. us. And yeah. nobody ever calls it into question. And and that's a, a beautiful thing that there's plenty of footholds Satan can still get, but that's not one right, of them. Right. And and it's a biggie. Mm-hmm. And we're, you know, so uh, we're, I think that's a big plus, a selling point yeah. too. And then just having 
those teens know that we are at home praying for them together and they see Mm -hmm. this marriage. And so many times that is an example that they need. See that walked out with one Mm -hmm. another and knowing that when they've talked to one, they've talked to the other. And it's not about pitting us against each other, which youth ministry you like better. Mm -hmm. They know we're we're one. And just so many things that I think can be detriments in a relationship with a man and a woman working in this job or be things they have to work on just yeah, aren't on the case for us. Yeah, so it's a, a selling point. Sort of subtle, almost indescribable way. I think they believe they are they are a part of our family. Almost as if yeah. we are especially as we've gotten older, we are almost spiritual parents to mm-hmm. them together. And it's this model to them of what marriage looks like and what it could be and, and they feel very invited into that. And even though like I said, we protect our kids and our family so that it's not like hey it's you and all of these teenagers our kids know they're our kids they know that yeah but the teens i think respond to us in a way that is much more familial Mm -hmm. than uh than you might find in other areas because we are one and because Mm -hmm. they see us that way and they feel like okay we're a part of this family with them which is pretty neat yeah that is that is great and i'm you know I, i just love hearing about it and how it's working and you know I've watched it work from from the sidelines from across town um, but I love I love hearing you mm-hmm. talk about one another and mm-hmm. the partners that you are in life and also in in ministry we're going to we're going to stop here for this podcast okay. and come back next time now I would offer you, you know, we can hug now <laughs> and hug, you know, twice. I like to hug my guests, okay. or we could just okay. wait but and after we've recorded big the second finale one, hug. Right. There you go. Does it have to be a side hug, though. No, no. Well, right? it can be. It, I don't want to. I don't want to cross barriers or you know personal space. <laughs> but we'll feel that out next okay. time. Okay. Right? Yeah. We'll, we'll be back in in just a few moments. Although I guess when you're listening to this on the online, you'll hear it next week. And we're out. <laughs>